0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the most must-listen-to podcast downriver. My name is Benjamin Apostle, and this is Curtain Call. gentlemen welcome to another can't miss episode of curtain call i'm your host benjamin apostle and we are joined once again back by popular demand by nathan vasquez hi nathan hello ben thanks for having me back and (sighs) former downriver child star sam ramirez i'm so happy to be here (laughs) All right, so you guys are back because we just couldn't fit everything you two had to say into one episode, so... AKA, shut up, Sam. (laughs) Last time, we talked about your roles as high school theater directors. Yes. Now we're going to talk about you two as a couple of the, quite frankly, most accomplished and decorated actors Dag has to offer. What? Say it again. (laughs) One more time, I think the mic wasn't
1: working at that moment. I was
0: like, I didn't quite hear. I said actors, we're not talking about any of the women. <laughs> um, uh, but no, you guys do a lot with DAG, on stage and off. So yes. let's talk a little bit about your experiences, not directing at the high school level. Let's <sighs> let's talk about you guys as individuals, as okay. performers, which you both absolutely are, especially former Downriver Child Star Sam Ramirez. <laughs> yes, I can't even count the number of shows I've been in. But yeah. I could. Let's try. No, <laughs> <laughs> give me a ballpark. Realistically
2: speaking, realistically, how many s- shows have you been? It. Realistically speaking, since uh, since before Die Pack days. Whoa, uh, 1996. Oh Good year. Oh my god. 1996. 96. Shut
0: <laughs> your mouth. I was zero. I need <laughs> all of you 96 was my birth How old were you Producer Brian <laughs> <laughs> Producer Brian can't talk Get back to work Nobody's um, gonna gesturing <laughs> I would say I've probably
2: done 65 Okay I think that's a fair number Maybe 70 Okay
0: Okay out of all 65 of those, which one is your very favorite? Oh, You can man. you can you can give me two. You can give me your favorite because of the show and the quality, and then you can give me your favorite because of the role you played.
2: Um, if that helps. Uh, one from the past. I uh, before DIPAC became a thing, uh Denver River Youth Performing Arts Center, uh, they we were part of Southgate Youth Community Theater. And we kind of die-pack begat from that. Uh, and we did Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Uh, we did it in summer of 97, and it was such a success that we actually got the rights to do it again that following January. And most of the cast made the transition to both shows. Um, some didn't. And... Uh, Long story short, they didn't have a pharaoh. And this was a youth production. and So there were kids ranging from ages, you know, four to 19. And so mainly all the older teens were the main parts. And this uh, vocal director, Belinda Sidebottom, saw something in me and was like, that little kid, that little nine-year-old queer is going to be our pharaoh. And that is where it all started. So I was a nine-year-old pharaoh. So that one will always hold a special place in my
1: heart. And yeah, let's leave it at that. What about you? Which which question? Uh, uh, what's your favorite show? What's the favorite show I've done? done? Dear, so favorite show I have done would have to be directed by the brilliant Denny Connors. Uh, the full Monty. A lot Monty. of Denny
0: Connors today. Yes,
1: yes. The full Monty. Um The Full Denny. Again, the Full Denny. The full, the full, <laughs> the full <laughs> Sounds kinky. <laughs> the title <laughs> the full Monty. The title of the show is now called. Uh no, so no, that's my favorite show and not only because it was such a great show all around, it, you know, um, I went into that show hating it. Okay. I didn't. I didn't want to be originally auditioned for it. I wanted nothing to do with it. Uh, Everyone's like, "Hey, you know, Nathan, you should audition for you know something different, something you know out of your ordinary." And one night, I was possessed, and I went to <laughs> auditions, and I got one of the parts that strip, and I was like, oh, "Okay, this is happening." And I grew to love the show uh, because of the experience and because of what a wonderful musical it is and what a great production it came to be. But as far as, like, roles go, because I'm, I'm taking this opportunity. Yeah, do it. Um, one of my favorite roles I ever played in a show was Cornelius Hackle in Hello, Dolly. And it's oh, one of my favorite I'm roles. so jealous. It's <laughs> one of my favorite roles. I loved the whole experience of doing that show, and it was one of those characters just like, it clicked naturally. So, uh, yeah.
0: All right. So, tell me, on that topic, tell me the story about the first night you dropped your pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so fun
1: fact! Uh, I also have a, a funny full Monty story. Go on. <laughs> no, uh, so, uh, so so yes, uh, my character was the exhibitionist of the group. He he want he wanted to strip. He like that. That's his. He ha- had no problem with it. So just like you, yes, just, just like me. Just, yeah, type type, all he had type to cast. offer. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I kept asking uh, Denny, I was like, hey. When can we start stripping? Like, when in this rehearsal process can we start, you know, actually taking our clothes off? And he's like, Oh no, soon. Whenever you want, you know. Whatever. Take your time. Take your time. Don't worry about. It, you know, it's okay. So I was like, No, Denny, I need a date. I I need a you know a set date of when I can start stripping. Because if not, it's not going to happen until opening night. So we we established a date, and I was like, Okay, it's going to happen here. And he's like, That's fine. I come in thinking, Oh boy, you know, I'm going to t- t- pull my pants down in this part, and it's going to be <laughs> awesome. We switched the act that we were running that night. So instead of doing Act One where it happens, we did Act Two, and I was like. Poop. They know that that sucks. Now I don't get to take my. Now I don't pants get off. to take my pants off. <laughs> Which so, is the only reason you showed up that day. Th- <laughs> Thank you. I had other plans. <laughs> I was going to keep them on.
0: <laughs> so I could have found alternate ways to
1: take them off this evening. <laughs> but I had told I told everyone in the cast that it was going to yeah. happen on this date. It didn't happen that day. Everyone forgot about it. The next time we ran Act One, I was like, "This is going to be the day that I do it." Everyone by that time had forgot. That it was going to be a thing. Uh, the scene comes up. I turn in front of the table, pull down my pants. The expression on the poor five guys that are sitting at the table's faces was priceless. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure the laughter went on for a good five minutes after that <laughs> point. So after I did the scene and finished it off, Denny comes up to me. <laughs> after you, sorry. after you finished. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, after I finished the scene, the scene. Denny comes up to me and he's like. Hey Nathan, can you do that one more time? (laughs) And you said, Of course. I said, Hell yes.
2: You dropped your pants and a bunch of people laughed at you?
0: (laughs) So that's what Sam and producer Brian have been laughing at this whole time. This is a professional podcast? Um,
1: No, but I I would like to claim though that we did the show in January, which is not there at all. Oh, it was cold. (laughs) It was freezing.
0: Yikes. I love that. Your Full Monty story. So,
2: I did Full Monty in Phoenix with Arizona Broadway Theater, and that was my first professional gig. A lot warmer. And, yes, it was a lot warmer. (laughs) Um, However, uh, first day I get there, well, I got off the plane, and they took me to the theater, and I met everyone, and then they took me to my... At that point, it was sponsor housing because we couldn't move into cast housing yet because the current cast of Drowsy Chaperone was still there. Um, so I was in the sponsor housing. Um, the next day, it's first day of rehearsal, they are saying, uh, you know, we're meeting everybody and we're going to start costume fittings today because our show opens in, what, three weeks, so we need to get everything going. And... Uh, I was the first person to go, and I was, you know, meeting everyone, and I was ensemble, but I was understudying the role of Dave, Dave Bucket, Dave Bucketinsky, um, the big guy, and the big guy, and uh, so they were making, you know. Custom G strings for everyone. And that was my first costume fitting and first impression with the wardrobes of <laughs> people. I was like, hi, nice to meet you. Like, I'm excited to be here. I'm like, oh, great. Can you go back there? Not like in the dressing room. It was like, can you go like behind this bed sheet and, uh, <laughs> and get fitted for and, a G string? Like, take your pants off and like put
1: this all up in you. <laughs> well, fun story. So we had a, we have our you know, own group pages for these shows that we do a day. And Denny one day was like, hey, cast, you know, guys, give us your sizes, uh, you know, for, you know, the, for the show. And I was like, okay. He's like, I need your pants, your shirt, your G-string size, and so on. So I post it, thinking that it was on the DAGS group page. It was actually on my own private page. Oh, no. Yeah, and it was up there for about a good 20 minutes before I realized, oh, no, and that was it really quick. Hilarious. <laughs> okay, so with you specifically,
0: uh, Nathan... You are a very passionate director, um, and you have a very clear vision uh, as someone who was in a show directed by you. Um, So how would you handle a situation, let's say hypothetically, DAG is doing your favorite show, and they offer you the chance to direct it, but that obviously means you can't be in it. What do you do?
1: Hypothetically, that happened this year. (laughs) Uh, So like this coming year, I'd get to direct uh, Mary Poppins for DAG. And I've always wanted to do Mary Poppins. It's one of the first musicals that I truly fell in love with. And playing Bert would be a, a dream. Um, and then it came down to, oh, we're going to do Mary Poppins next summer. And so I was torn whether I wanted to be in it or whether I wanted to direct it. Directing one over only because I love the show so much. I would hate to see someone else get it and not do it justice.
0: Yeah. 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 Would But would being Burt... Be enough to know that you got to be Bert and that you gave it your all and that you you killed it. No, but, that, but it would, like it, cr- with a crappy director, director,
1: it wouldn't have been it. It wouldn't have would, would have, have been ruined it. it. Yeah.
0: PSA: Because the board will yell at me if I don't say this. There are no crappy directors at Dag. Um. No,
1: no. <laughs> way, that's not what really I was way. saying at all, though. But no, like, no. Like, I know. But like, like if it was, but. yeah. If someone did it wrong, it, it, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Either way. Um... Moving over to Sam, okay. Um, kind of the thing we've been dancing around the whole time here over the course of both of these episodes. Dancing. You have toured and acted professionally. I have. After being directed professionally, how does the experience of being directed at community theater compare?
2: Um. Well, when I was, I mean. Yes, I've toured and I've done that kind of stuff, but I was in the ensemble, so I really didn't get a whole lot of direction. (laughs) It's like you're you're in the ensemble. I had a uh, one time I had a director uh, actually when I did Hello Dolly. um, The director called. He was like, "These these are my principals, and then you guys are chorus trash." "Ah, That's a direct quote. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so like uh, I've been in. Like, I, I had some featured ensemble roles, but, like, I was... My professional life was really just me, like, having fun and seeing where it took me. Uh, coming here, like, yeah, there's been... I've seen, I know, a peek behind the curtain, and I've seen that side of the biz. But coming back here, like, um, I just want to put on the good, I just want to put on a good show and if a certain director wants me to do this for a specific reason, then it doesn't matter if you're a community theater or if it's professional, you gotta you got a job to do, you got a show to do now, if it's something that I totally disagree with, I'll tell them like, I'll be like, hey, I don't think that I would do this, or like I don't feel comfortable doing that um, because I'm not getting paid for it <laughs> That's the thing, like, and and like professionally, like, I had to, I had a costume change for a scene change that I had to do. Like, they had, they made me like change costumes for it, and it was like, why? Like, because we can, like, you're wearing white pants, and you need to be wearing like, you 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 gotta change your clothes to do this scene change, and then go put on the costume that you were just wearing because you were just on stage, and it was like. (sighs) Okay. Uh you're the boss. Uh here I'd be like, um, go screw yourself. <laughs> like, I'm not doing that. Uh but no, I just yeah, no, I guess that's the thing. Like, I'll try it. If it's not working, I'll I'll talk to them.
0: Right. So let's broaden it a little bit, uh, beyond direction to how DAG and even the other theaters in the downriver area compare to the ones that you've worked with, the companies that you worked with professionally. And you know, real answers.
2: Well, the main difference is, well, that the there's a lot of talented people downriver. Uh, a lot of my friends are very talented. I think a lot there's a lot of great talent downriver. Working professionally, a lot of us were from New York, and or like uh, we were auditioning in New York. Like everything that I got out of performing regionally and doing the tours, I auditioned in New York. So you're auditioning with literally everybody who is putting who is singing their their dreams away at these uh, audition studios. And so uh they're professional dancers, they're professional singers, professional actors, a lot some of them have degrees, some of them don't, but no matter what, they are they are there. And so it's all it's it's everyone's a professional. And like I've worked with a lot of people who have gone on to great success, and like some of them, well, I know a girl that's going to be in the original cast of Six. I know, uh, I know a guy who's on the Hello Dolly tour right now, who was an original Newsie and Paper Mill Playhouse. I know people that are on TV, and it's like you know, I've I've worked with a lot of pros. And I didn't say that to like name drop or anything, but it's like, that's, that's the main difference is that these people were there to make a career out of it, out of people who were just auditioning because they want to get out of their house for three hours a night.
0: Right. Okay. You guys are doing great. Hey, where do you want to go after this? Whiskeys. You guys want to head over to Whiskeys? Well, hey, I don't blame you because Whiskeys on the Water is the place for people to gather and enjoy great drinks and fantastic food. Yeah, it's right so in up. the right in the heart of downtown. Wine Whiskeys on the Water serves the best in American fare and craft cocktails. They have a menu that appeals to everyone's taste. Their wings, fresh salad, classic ribeye, fresh Spicy Atlantic salmon. Soup. Oh my god, those pretzel bites, though. so good. Absolutely. And their seasonal menu that brings you the best that each season has to offer. From brunch to dinner, Whiskey's has it all. And they also, obviously, serve a wide variety of local, domestic, and imported beers good for on them. top of their namesake, whiskey. From Angel's Envy Bourbon with its bold notes of dusty spice and grapefruit leather to Mwah. the medium caramel bullet bourbon with its slightly dry, long citrus finish. Yummy. Whiskies on the Water is the bourbon connoisseur's place to go. So stop in soon and enjoy a great night with family and friends. Let's go, boys. Yes. Please. Whiskies. We're gonna start with Nathan, but this question will be for both of okay. you uh, because you both do work with children. What would you say is the most common mistake, or even the biggest mistake, that you feel theater companies make
1: with children's theater? Uh, okay, so I think one of the biggest things that one of my biggest pet peeves it comes from the casting process <laughs> for the children's theater in the Downriver area, and personally, I don't think it's fair to kids to cast over a hundred kids in a production. I do not think that's fair. I don't think that's right. Um sure you'll be making your money. Sure. Yeah, that's fantastic. But if we're you're not teaching the kids anything.
2: You're not uh, I'm going to have to disagree with you there. <laughs> Those kids are learning stuff. They're like they they get up on stage and they, you know a lot of them uh, there's you know there's different programs that some I for for a certain theater. There are a lot of programs and there's a lot of opportunities and yeah, they're big shows, they may have a hundred people and it seems like, you know, they're just there, but I mean those kids aren't getting experience. Like and they are getting something.
1: Yes, yes, and I, I see that and I totally understand that. But little Timmy comes on stage once. Sometimes not even on the stage. But will little Timmy even have that
2: opportunity anywhere else? Possibly. But they didn't try it. They went out to that specific... Place. A certain theater yeah. and wanted to expand. Because that specific place has
1: a really good... It uh, also no, has, has a really good reputation. And not saying that yeah. it's bad. Not saying that, you know, it's... But it's not good for children to be like, well, I'm always going to get the part. I'm always going to get a part. I'm always going to be... In. I'm always going to get in no matter what you know I, I do. Even if I am only on stage for a few minutes, yay, I'm in the show. But at the end of the day, you can go other theaters and be in the ensemble of a show, and do multiple things throughout the production, and do different things throughout the show, and now you're learning about developing different characters. Now you're learning about in the same show, and now you're uh, learning about costume changes and scene changes and doing other things other than just being a tree for, you know, a number.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of theaters, you do hear all the time about theaters uh, running into the conundrum of, well, of course we're going to cast all the kids. We're going to make parts for all of them because every one of them is dollar signs. You know what I mean? Because all their parents and their family are gonna come and take pictures of little Timmy as the treat. So I feel that I am sorry. <laughs> um Poor
2: there, Timmy. I feel like it is that it's a lot more of that now. Sorry. Uh it's a lot more of that now. Um but never mind. I'm done.
0: I'm i No no no, we're no. we're literally moving to you now. It's your turn.
1: I did that on purpose, I know. Uh so, okay, so if I can interrupt for Go. two yes, seconds. Okay. Keep going. Um, so so I did a sign-up show for DAG, Down River Actors Guild, and I'll put this out there. It was only supposed to be 30 kids, Sleeping Beauty kids. There's only supposed to be 30 kids in the production. Sign up, you know, your kids in the show. We had 88 kids show up that day, and we cast it every single last time. Cast it is not a word. We cast every single uh, kid in that production. That's a, for everybody out call there. Casted out, call, is not a word. Call
0: Nick out right now. You wanted to call him out, dude.
1: I do. I want to call Nick. I'm going to call Mashana.
2: I'm going to call Kayla Awe. Um, Kayla Harwood. Uh, casted is not a word, and
1: <sighs> never has been. Nathan, <laughs> we cast them in the production, um, and it was total di- dollar signs. It was total. Well, the kids are here. We'll put them into you know cast. You know, forty four and forty four, and it was absolute hell working with all eighty eight kids, not that they were bad kids, but two different rehearsals back to back with forty four kids in each of them was a pain in the butt. It dilutes the experience. Exactly. Point blank. Yeah. It, 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 no one was learning anything. And now it now it's just focused on making sure that both casts were on the same time doing the same show. And more yeah. kids get an experience, but is it
0: you know, at what point is it quality over quantity? Right. I do feel that to an
2: extent, yeah, it does really just become crowd control and yeah, there there is that. Um I would like to say that when all when all some certain things were all starting out that was a different. It was a different situation then. And then it just because beca- uh, there are people out there who want to cast everyone, not because of the dollar signs. That's an added bonus. They want to cast everyone because everyone deserves oh, to be they should sure. belong somewhere. Yeah. And like, I've even talked to certain people who are like, "Yes, I cast everyone," and it's like, "Why? Why do you do what was it? The what is the reasoning?" And they said, "How do you?" turn away someone who wants to be involved. And it's like, in any way possible. But, I mean... (laughs) Nathan just waved. That's how. Then, then I don't...
1: I guess we're going to have to agree to disagree. I know, I know. know.
0: And and that's that's totally okay.
1: But I can totally see Sam's point of, yes, it's a learning experience, and yes, sometimes kids don't... You know, there are those kids that won't be cast in a production outside of, you know, in specific like, theater. No, for sure. And the I, the yeah. last three musicals that I've done at the high school
2: where I, at Roosevelt High School that I've directed, I I have cast everyone. And it was just like, yes, I was only looking for 30 kids, but 41 people auditioned. How am I supposed to turn just 11 them the people away? I'm going to put all of them in the show. Um, or... I didn't get the turnout that I wanted, so now I have to cast everybody. And it's just like, you know, that person, whether they, they've gone through the fact of the audition, yes, everyone does get cast, but they still have to audition. They have to get up and sing and read. Part of the experience. It's part it? of the experience. Yeah, exactly. And they still do face rejection when they don't, you know, when the five-year-old auditions for the 18th production of Beauty and the Beast, and she doesn't get Mrs. Potts because she's five years, years old. old. Right. Um, but she had that opportunity <laughs> To show them what she had to deliver.
0: And, you know, I, I think you absolutely do make some great points. And the only reason I was kind of devil's advocate I know, a little I on know. Nathan's side <laughs> is because I feel as though he's really in the minority with this opinion that he has. Mm-hmm. So I was, I heard it and I was a little excited. Yeah. Oh, that you yeah. guys weren't just going to agree. I know. Agree. No, no, I know. Um, yeah, I know. so... And that you know, Oh, there's I, no hard feelings. <laughs> there are definitely, definitely, you're both making some great I'm not inviting here. you to my birthday party, Sam. Oh. <laughs> I'm
2: busy that night anyway. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Former donor for child stuff. <laughs> I have so many events to be at <laughs> so, <laughs> to attend. Um, question for both of you. We're going to start with Sam this time. All right. Because we started with Nathan, I think, the last two times. Um, what is the one show, and if you can't pick one show, I guess you can give me two shows, that you think that no local theater should ever should attempt, ever attempt, unless they literally have the cast from the stars. You know, unless the stars align. What is the show that, generally speaking, community theaters they just can't do it justice?
2: Um, honestly, I know this has been said in the past, but I'm going to have to agree with Chorus Line. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I if you if you don't have the people it's like the whole show man yeah. it's like that's like if you don't have the dancers i mean it's called a chorus line like it's about Dancers, and I'm thinking you don't got it if you're only kicking if, you, if your entire kick line is kicking at an eighty degree angle. Then <laughs> maybe adjusted. it's time to think of some other show maybe to do. Maybe you should do the Adams Family. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, like come on. There's so there's, a, yeah. there's a, that's a that's something that I think is a big problem with commu- with uh, some community theaters and some youth community theaters. They just keep doing the same shows because people have oh, heard of them old, and they think they're going to sell. It's it. like so we're going to do Grease eight thousand times. We're going to keep doing Beauty and the Beast. We're going to do Joseph the, the every 10 years. Like, we're going to keep doing these shows because we know they're cash cows. And it's like, yes, there is that, but come There's on. so many good and, shows and, out there. So many
0: good shows out there. And, and unfortunately, Chorus Line is one of those that people just keep doing because of the, the name recognition. And, 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 like, and
2: also, the budget. All you gotta yeah. do is just put...
0: 16 people in a line and then
2: have some mirrors in the back. That's yeah. the entire set. Yeah, exactly. And, like, it's super cheap to do. And, and it's just, like, that's another thing. Like, if you really don't understand, like, what that show is, that's all about them telling Chorus Line. That's, those are pretty much true stories that those actors are telling. That's, yeah. that, uh, that, Chorus Line started off as like an interview in Michael Bennett's auditorium, an auditorium apartment where he had a bunch of dancers over and he was like, he put on the recording. He's like, tell me what it's like being a dancer in the city. And people just talked and like their stories became a Chorus The characters, line. yeah.
0: Even the original cast of the show, most of them could barely sing. They were just yeah. like starving dancers. Exactly. You know? And it's like, if you don't get that, then... So
2: not only the dancing, but you don't understand what it's like to to live that life. To wake up at five o'clock in the morning, some, and for ladies even freaking earlier because it's there's so much there's so many more women. Like you have to get ready, and you have to be there, and you have to wait in line rain slow, rain snow sleet everything. You're just waiting there, waiting there, waiting there for them to call your number if they even get to it. So and if you don't understand that life, then you shouldn't be doing chorus line. Also with your eighty degree kick lines.
0: <laughs> okay, Nathan, your turn. Hi, I'm Nathan. Uh, Just to br- brush your memory, this is the question about. Uh, yes, yeah, Sam took a while. This question is about what shows community theater should never
1: attempt. Well, I thoroughly agree with Sam. No, you can't pick a chorus line. I, I know, I know. Okay. But, but I'm saying dance shows tend to be the hardest ones to do on a community theater level. Like West Side, West Side Story. West Side Story, Newsies. These shows shouldn't, sh- not saying they shouldn't, but should not be the first. Contenders on your list of musicals to do throughout the year because you're not going to so get the same.
2: Especially newsies.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hard enough to find boys to <laughs>
2: stand there on stage, <laughs> let
1: <little> them dance, dance. <laughs> in uh, perfect harmony. Yeah, yeah. So I know I would. I I have to thoroughly agree. So, but dance not, shows. Dance in shows general. in general are oh. stay away from. It. Yeah. All right.
0: So I'm going to give you guys the question that Spencer had a field day with. Your dream role. This is the Sam question. He's been waiting for No, me. I mean, uh Can we do male and female? You know what you want you know I, you I want do. to. You know you All want Alright, male and female. Uh, <laughs> for you two, special special one time only sale. You guys Yay. can do male and female.
2: I guess my my main dream role would be the baker and in into the woods. That Ooh. is That's, like, top-notch for me right there. I love Sondheim, and I really want to do that, or falsettos, or a new brain. (laughs) Sorry, I named a couple different ones. Wow. Uh,
1: No, uh, a dream role, and I don't know why this is the first thing that's popping in my head right now, but I've always wanted to play J. Pierpont Finch in How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. Oh, my God. You'd be great. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You're invited to my birthday party now. Okay. Yes. Finally. I'm still busy. (laughs) Yeah. Uh... (laughs) No, that's... That's, that's a character I've always wanted to play. Uh, that's like the the, the, the epitome yeah, of Yeah, that's a good one. That's just a good show. Yeah, one day. One day we'll do
0: yeah. You guys asked for male and female. I like, know. Well, yeah,
2: because I had to think of female Your turn. a little bit more. Um, well, <sighs> certainly I'd love to be uh, Effie White in Dream Girls. Actually, I'd love to be every freaking part in Dream Girls, um, regardless of male or female. Uh, that or Rose Nyland. Nope, that's Golden Girls. Rose Hovick oh, so <laughs> In Gypsy. Rose Nyland. I'd love to be Rose Nyland in the Golden Girls. <laughs> uh. No, I'd love to that <laughs> uh, statement. No, I'd love to be Mama Rose and Gypsy and Joanne and Company. Fine, I named three. You can name three. <laughs> <laughs> I got, Joanne God. and Company is the greatest role in every in any musical theater musical ever written. You
1: took my one. I wanted uh, Joanne. No, oh, I was like, no. I was, I, we've had this
2: conversation. No, I want to be Mama Rose. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's such a great role. part. It's that's the f- greatest role.
1: Uh Derek No, uh, I always tease the kids because we're doing the Matchmaker uh, right now. I always want to play Dolly Levi. And one day I will get to do a drag version of Dolly Levi. Yeah, that's another one that's up there too
2: Dolly. Or um, Norma Desmond. (laughs) Yes. I'll do my
1: best Patty Lapone version. (laughs) Name.
0: Fascinating. (laughs) Absolutely fascinating from both of you. Uh, We're going to shift gears a little bit to parts you have played. And starting with Nathan, you're going to tell me about the most challenging part you played. The ch-
1: most challenging part I've played. Dear God. Uh, so it's actually happening right now, uh, as we're preparing for Cinderella. Uh, it's Topher and Cinderella, Prince Topher. And not for acting reasons or anything like that, but I don't consider myself a singer in any shape, form, or fashion. I can, but I'm not going to go make myself a in my own recording of, you know, songs. Prince Topher sings a lot. Like, he... he Non stop singing throughout the entire show. And I'm finding that to be one of the biggest challenges is to try to keep that up throughout the production for, you know, a two hour musical um, um, when you're not used to singing that you know, often. So right. it's that, to me, that's the bigger challenge than, you know, acting and performing. It's, it's the singing behind it. Okay, cool,
0: cool, cool. Sam?
2: Um, the most challenging role I think I played was uh, I played Jean Valjean when I was in high school and that's like that that was very difficult that's like a the i i really couldn't sing it the way it's supposed to be sung then and i certainly can't do it now <laughs> um, but it was like i mean i was happy to have the part that i had but it was just like god this this part is going to kill me the, this is this is going to be it <laughs> this is how i end my life trying to hit these <gasps> I couldn't, yeah, because I still uh, have nightmares about it. That, and, oh, I had a, I was in one show where I had this long monologue and I got, like, laryngitis completely, had no voice. And so I'm talking to the entire audience like this. (laughs) Like, this is my, this is my nightmare. So. Physically, that wasn't the most challenging. Okay,
0: okay, okay. So, the most difficult experience you've had offstage while in a show, perhaps something that happened backstage, uh, perhaps just an unfortunate set of circumstances or an altercation or, you know, whatever it may be, the most difficult thing... For you. Producer Brian is holding up boxing gloves, um, but I doubt either of you were in a fist fight backstage.
2: No, I've never thrown a phone at you backstage. No, uh, I'm kidding. I really haven't. Um, that was oddly specific to have never <laughs> happened.
0: Just... I've never thrown a phone at you.
2: Uh, I did Tommy in Grand Rapids, and we had brought it to we. It's supposed to happen in like World War II. The plot happens in World War II, and we try to make it like it happened in the Vietnam War. Um, And change some references. Got in trouble with MTI. That's beside the point. Anyway, so we're soldiers in the overture, and we're running. And we had, there was a trap door, and we had to jump through the stage. And the director, who was my director at Western Michigan, uh, was like, All right, so guys, when you go through there, do not grab the stage. Grab the brace that's under the stage, and it's about like eight inches under the stage, so you, when you were going down, you had to like. Well, you can't see what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, Do that one more time. Radio. <laughs> uh, you had to like reach down and grab it. It was awkward to hold on to it. So in rehearsals, shut up. <laughs> in. Uh, uh, so in rehearsals, I did it. I I did it. I had done it correctly. <laughs> and um, when I uh. For the first performance, it was an invited dress that the entire musical theater department of Western Michigan was there uh, because we had to see shows. We had to see musicals and write papers on them, so they all drove up to Grand Rapids from Kalamazoo to see this show that I was in. I grabbed the stage, which we were not supposed to do, and I went down, and we were falling like a good six feet, and we had to... Land on a table, and then there was a spotter there who was about as tall as she was wide. Um, she was just spherical, and so I grabbed the stage, went down, wasn't, and I like lost my balance when I got on the table, and I completely rolled over my spotter, and had this ga- this big bruise that stretched from my kneecap. Down to my ankle, and it was like most of my calf. And if I press my calf, my like shin right there, <laughs> I get this right really there, weird, uh, tingly feeling <laughs> He's All making over my the leg. face right now. It's really yeah. great.
0: He's getting the tingly feeling. Happened when I was 20 and I'm 31 now. <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 he's getting it. <laughs> He reached down for the eight inches. The eight inches wasn't there. It's
1: <laughs> 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 Neither. Yeah. I walked into yeah. that one. Something like that. Uh, so in the Full Monty, my, my, my shining moment, in the Full Monty, um, my character wants to do the Donald O'Connor singing the rain rub the wall flip, you know, and he's terrible at it. One night during one of the performances, uh, my character is supposed to run off stage and he crashes off stage into whatever was back there. And the gag is set up where I run off stage on the stairs back there. There is a box set up that I hit and it's supposed to make the crash sound. For many, many nights, that worked perfectly fine. Well, this one night I happened to go just a little slightly faster than normal. I ran into the railing, like the piece of the railing, like literally went into my chest, like, and it left this massive bruise on my chest for the following run. And so I felt very like self-conscious because every time I had to take off my shirt, there was this giant black bruise, you know, on my shirt. Uh, it was it was it was bad. It was the most painful thing, and I had to continue doing the scene following after that. But you keep going. Woof. <clears throat> Woof. 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 Buzz, your girlfriend.
0: Okay, you guys. Let's talk about what's next for you two. Gentlemen. Nathan, you first. We all know what's directly next for you, but you can tell us anyway. Go ahead and plug it. This is the plugging portion of the
1: show. The Matchmaker at Mel High School. (laughs) November 15th and 16th. That's the next one. (laughs) That's Out of four different projects. Um, And then after that for me is Downriver Actor Seals production of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. uh, Which opens on the 7th. Uh, For The Matchmaker, tickets are $7 at the door. And for the actor skilled production of Rodgers and Cinderella, uh, they're eighteen and sixteen. Uh, sixteen being for seniors and students.
0: Yeah, don't worry, we're gonna have a whole episode about Cinderella.
1: So I just want to—I just want to plug it, yeah.
0: but what about after that, going forward, the future plans <coughs> for Nathan?
1: Future plans. So, I have found a new love for directing. That's that's my new thing. That's that's what I like doing. Um, so, as far as like auditioning for shows. It's not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, But I'm directing uh, Chitty Bang Bang right now for the youth theater. And then I'll be directing Mary Poppins next summer for... uh,
0: and of course, if you happen to pass Denny Connors in the hallway, you'll have to audition for disaster, because Disast. that's it's not optional. If he finds you, you just pull
1: them in into the disaster.
0: <laughs> it's like it's a, we we joke. We always joke that it's like the Kool Aid Man and Family Guy, where he busts through the oh wall yeah. and says, "Oh yeah!" Whenever anyone says they're not sure what they're doing next, Danny, uh, Denny busts through the wall and goes, "You're auditioning for disaster is what you're doing." Um, anyway. Sam, other than auditioning for disaster. What are I'm you doing
2: I'm Not next? auditioning for disaster. We've had this oh you're he's not in the room, but he we have had this conversation before. Um <laughs> he's not in the room, totally not to my left right now. <laughs> um uh what is directly after oh so uh directing She Loves Me at Roosevelt High School, November twenty-first, twenty-second, and twenty-third at seven o'clock. Uh there are no advanced sales for tickets. It is five dollars at the door for students and seniors and eight dollars for adults. How affordable. Yes, I know. Oh, and then um, I am directing the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee at Roosevelt. That will be April 30th, May 1st, and one. 2nd. Yeah, it is a fun one. Uh, the kids are really excited about that one. They're so excited about that one, they forget that they're in a show right now. Uh, <laughs> happens every year. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I think... Yeah, I'm, You may see me at auditions uh, for other things, but disaster, stay tuned.
0: <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned. Uh, yeah, that's, uh,
2: we shall see. All
0: right. I want to uh, thank you both for coming on twice in a row. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Coming to the brand new studio
1: that's lovely uh, like, what the place? wonderful
2: like I love the chandelier and the chaise over in the corner like it's so oh. roomy in here
0: yeah, and after this nice. we'll uh, have a little bit of the bubbly and you know head on out. a little bit
1: <laughs> stop. <laughs> stop
0: thank you both for coming on so much uh, we can't wait to get these out so everyone can learn more about you guys and more about what it's like to be a high school theater director I'll see yeah. you both on stage until next time we are unfiltered, unbiased, and unscripted. This is The Curtain Call. Hey everyone. Do you have a comment, question, or episode idea? Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And send it over our way. We'd love to hear what you think. And just a quick reminder that all of the content within the Curtain Call is the exclusive property of the Downriver Actors Guild. So copying, publishing, broadcasting, or altering of the podcast in any way is prohibited without the express written consent of the Downriver Actors Guild. But none of you would ever think about doing anything like that. Right? See you next time!